0: You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. This is episode number 66 of Life Repurposed, and today I want to speak my heart a little bit on a topic that I've been talking about recently on some podcasts where I've been a guest. And after a while, I realized I'm telling some parts of this story a few times, and I haven't really talked about it as much on my podcast. I hinted at it a little bit in the last episode, and I have talked about it a little bit in some of them. Um, I, I think pieces of the story have come through, but I really want to focus on it today because it's something that I think is a significant change in my life from who I used to be. And I think it's important for us to talk about it because the, uh, the main idea that I want to get across is that we don't always notice our own flaws. And so there have been times where I have thought I've had it all together, and then I realize There's like this huge thing standing in my way and I didn't have it all together. And I realized that other people probably saw that and I didn't see it. So this is really about self-examination and just looking at like where am I as far as like how I'm living out my Christian faith. So this episode is targeted mostly to people who already have some element of faith where you're participating in a church, you have an active belief in Jesus, but if you're listening in and you're somebody who doesn't have that and you're not like, you know, I I didn't come here for a religious podcast or anything like that, I want you to listen in. Because I think it's really important to understand that whatever picture you have of people who are Christians might not actually be what they all are. And so sometimes there's somebody who represents a certain group that I'm about to talk about that's from the Bible, and we might lump all Christians into that, just like we do with politics. We lump all Republicans into one category and all Democrats into another. But there's really a lot of difference and diversity within that. So as we talk about Christians, there are some people who follow Jesus and they live like the disciples who followed him and then the apostles who went out and told the world about Jesus. And then there are some who live like a group in the Bible called the Pharisees, and they are a group of religious leaders who were like totally connected to the truth of the Old Testament scripture and the law but they turned it into a lot of rules and regulations. And when Jesus came along, they totally missed that he was the Messiah they had been waiting for. So they continued to live out the rules and the law and put heavy penalties onto people and just really changed what was God's intent for a relationship with humans. So what happens sometimes in modern times is that We miss the point of Christianity. We miss Jesus. We become focused on religious tradition and we become focused on religious rules and to the point where we actually look a lot like those Pharisees. Now, those Pharisees had a good intent, like they thought they were fiercely protecting truth. And so the things they said and did were, you know, rooted in that. But in the middle of that, there's a pride and something that stands in the way of seeing the truth. So even when intentions can be good, there are many times when the outcome is not good because something within us stood in the way, almost like almost like a really negative filter, um, like a reverse filter. It didn't take out the good. It put in some extra. So you're looking through glasses that are clouded by your own point of view. That's where I was. And I'm still like, this is an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing process. So... We never really arrive. I want to talk about my journey because I think it's important to realize that we can look back and go, look how far I've come with the help of God, and here's the direction that I'm going. So it's a continual battle with thoughts and trying to make sure our habits align with what Jesus would want and not with our own pride, our own pursuits. I've been speaking and writing for a long time. It's been over 20 years that I've been speaking for women's groups I've been writing articles, published books, and I started out blogging originally about garage sale decorating, and I loved to share before and after projects, and eventually it turned into tying in a message about how God turns trash to treasure. And it comes from Isaiah sixty-one three, where he talks about Um, in the Old Testament, about how God can turn ashes into something beautiful. So that was the inspiration for a lot of what I do for the speaking. It's really part of, it's how Life Repurposed, the, the podcast came about. It's about how it's my book. It's an upcoming book project that I've done. It really is a thread that goes through everything. But the important thing to know is that even though 20 years ago I was speaking and I was writing, the Pharisee mindset that I'm about to talk about was there, and it's been a gradual process of God changing that. So when I look back at some of my early writing now, or my early speaking, now I would like to change it because I've changed. But I want to talk about it because I think there might be some other people who can relate. And so I want to talk about those New Testament Pharisees, and about how God woke me up to realize how much like them I was. So I grew up in church, and I knew from the messages I received in the church I grew up in that we don't earn our salvation, that we, we don't try to be good enough, and then um, that gets us to heaven somehow, and somehow if I'm good enough, God will love me. Uh, I grew up with the perspective from the Bible that's true that we don't earn that. And that um, it isn't what I do that makes God love me. God loves me for who I am, even before I'm aligned with God's principles. He loves everybody. So that's what I grew up with. I have a really big mix of doctrinal backgrounds, and I'm not going to go into all of those. But I do want you to know that when I talk about this perspective, I have a diverse background So as a smaller child and into teenage years, I grew up in what would be a Reformed tradition. So some of you, it's okay if like some of that theology stuff is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, But it's just important to know that like that Calvinist Reformed tradition. Then my parents started attending uh, an evangelical church that was more like just your typical Bible church. And so that was where I was for a, my teenage years all the way through adulthood but i went to a lutheran school when i was a child at, through junior high so i also learned the lutheran um you know like the catechism and all of those things so i had that background too and then when I got to college, was attending a Bible church in the town there, was discipled by somebody from a national ministry, so I was involved in going door to door and knocking on dorms when I was in college and talking with people about the gospel. I went to a Christian Missionary and Alliance college for my master's degree. I have been part of a Baptist church before. I am currently part of a Wesleyan church I want you to know that because I don't like to take a denominational name. I want my identity to be in Christ. And that's why I don't say I'm a Baptist, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Wesleyan or anything like that. I say I'm a Christian. But that background and all of those diverse things that I've gone through have helped me to do a lot of research. And really to figure out, what does the Bible say? Because I don't want to rest it only on a catechism or only on a creed or something like that. I really want my faith to be rooted in the Bible. So that's been my pursuit all of my life, is figuring out what does the Bible say. But what I missed was a big pride factor that came as I... Transitioned from teenage into adulthood and starting to think that because I'm pursuing the Bible and because I'm studying this, all this knowledge somehow makes me right with God. And I have something I could say to other people and share this with them. And they're just going to, you know, like I'm going to save the world. But the problem with that was that when I was going door to door with this campus ministry and knocking on doors and asking if I could share this little booklet, which walked through like, you know, God loves you as a plan for your life. And then ultimately comes down to asking them, you know, like, since, since we've just talked about how you can't get yourself to heaven, do you receive the gift that Jesus offers with his sacrifice on the cross? And sometimes people would say, yeah, I want that. And others would be like, what are you talking about? Go away. The problem with this was that even though I was doing the right thing, and I was leading Bible studies and all that kind of thing, inside my heart was this thought of like looking at other people and thinking, I'm glad I'm not like that person. I'm glad that I'm not drinking like that one. I'm not sleeping with my boyfriend like that one. I'm not blah, 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 you know, all these things and looking at people and saying, I'm glad I'm not like them. I'm so glad, God, you made me who I am. And, you know, you could probably want to puke now as you're listening to me say those things because you maybe, maybe you've been around somebody who has that and it's ugly, even though their motives are right. There's just some transformation that Jesus needs to do yet to get past that. So I went through this process of teaching, Bible studies, leading, all of that. And over time, God has begun to work in my heart and help me see that I can't have a real relationship with people if I always have this barrier that stands in the way of me judging in the sense that I'm thinking I'm assigning value to them based on their actions. I'm not looking at them through God's eyes with love and seeing the compassion and the mercy that he would have. So it's me speaking at people with a volume of knowledge versus me having a relationship with people, living like Jesus would live, having grace-filled conversations, and then seeing where those go. So that's the difference. I'm going to talk to you now about how that changed and how God opened my eyes and really repurposed my life and put me on a different direction. At some point in my 30s, and I can't pinpoint a particular day, this has been a passage at even more so in my 40s, uh, became more significant, like I keep seeing more and more how I fit into this passage. But there was there was a point where I realized I was a Pharisee, and a lot of that is rooted in this passage from Luke 18. I'm going to read you a couple of verses because it's really important for you to see how Scripture can actually, when we read something, point out something in us. It's not like just a message that we preach at other people, but it's it's there to transform us, the teachers, too. So it says in Luke 18, starting at verse nine, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, the robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus finished with the final verse that said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That passage opened my eyes to the truth That I was like a Pharisee, and it gave me a sick feeling because I had thanked God that I wasn't like the other students who got drunk every weekend or the ones who lived with their boyfriends. I had carried this into my adulthood and was happy if the church was full of Christians and the messy people just stayed on the fringes. Just, you know, let's just have fun with the people who think just like we do. And then. I realized that that is not the plan that Jesus came to set up with the church. So many church people think they're doing the right thing by putting people's sins on display and keeping messy people out of the church. I have seen churches, I've been part of churches, where a pregnant teenage girl has to go in front of the church and and issue this apology for her moral failure, but it's the you know, I could get on a soapbox here, but it's the girl who has to stand up there. It's not always the boy with her um, sometimes. Um, Also, it's only the ones who are pregnant and not the ones who are hiding it. And so it's just hard for me to, it it just breaks my heart to watch a young woman crushed sometimes by mentors who don't want to continue mentoring, Um, you know, things like that, where it's like, we just want to push you aside because you sinned. And then we need to come to a place where we realize we all sin. We all have moral failures. And if we just each week we had to stand up in front and confess them in front of everybody, it would be horrible if that's the way it was. But yet whatever happens inside of my heart is really what's happening outside as well. So if in my heart I'm telling myself, I'm really glad I'm not like those people. I'm really glad that I didn't do that thing then the pride is there. And so whether I say it on the outside or whether it's happening on the inside, it's just the same. God wants to make a change and do something with that just the same. There are many church people who think they're doing the right thing, but I long for the universal church, not just one denomination. I'm saying, when I say church, I'm talking all the churches I've been part of, not just one or two. I long for us to be at a place where we're not bashing people or pointing fingers, We speak truth, we speak the Bible, we don't water it down, any of those, but I long for it to be a place where broken people can come and feel like it's a safe place to find healing and forgiveness. And I'm sad that there are so many people who have been wounded by the church and have not found it to be a refuge. So in my story, I talk about before and after a lot. And I love illustrations of how ugly things can become something beautiful We often think that there's this dramatic before and after, but even within people who have been following Jesus or think they have been for their whole life, there are sometimes some dramatic transformations that God wants to do in us. It isn't only the sins that we commit when we don't know Jesus. Even more so, he wants to transform the pride and the the legalism and whatever it is that's coming out of us that makes us the religious hypocrites. And I talked about that in the last episode, about how we're play actors. And that's what Jesus called the Pharisees, hypocrites. So instead of being a play actor that goes to church and puts on this good show, and only good, I'm putting that in air quotes, you can't see me, but only good people can be here. Instead, we have a story of how broken people can all come together and share that idea that together we're broken, but in Christ we're healed. That's what I want the message of life repurposed to be. A lot changed when I realized that I was ruled by legalism, but then now I said it's been a gradual process, just like the Apostle Paul who had this moment where God said, you know, he was a Pharisee, the Apostle Paul was, and God got a hold of him and said, you're no longer going to persecute Christians, you're going to become a Christ follower That's the the role that God has given us. So when I was wrestling with this and trying to figure out, like, what do I do? There was a point where my husband and I left a church of people that we love very much. But it just was clear that God was asking us to step away and to pursue something that was more focused on loving people who are broken and not only on protecting people who already are followers of Christ. We took a sabbatical from, well, my husband had a sabbatical from his job, so that was really nice that we had some time off. I took a sabbatical from leading worship and teaching any Bible classes or anything like that. So it gave us an opportunity for eight weeks to pursue, you know, God, what do you want us to do? That ultimately ended up with us starting to attend a different church about six years ago. And that was a really hard process. But the only time in my life where God has ever led me and my husband together to to leave a church and to go somewhere else. And I still love the people at the one we were part of. Sometimes the journey God takes us on is hard and following him means that people misunderstand us. So this has been difficult as well because some of my friends that I've known for the eight years or more that we were part of the one fellowship or the people who grew up with me for 20 years in one church, Some of them think of me as liberal or watered down because of some of the things I say about wanting to show grace to people who are still on the journey of finding Jesus. I don't fit in my old circles anymore, and it's sort of lonely. There's a quote that author Dick Staub wrote, and this one really hit home for me. It says, When we are faithfully following Jesus, we will be too Christian for our pagan friends and too pagan for our Christian friends you might relate to that where it's, you know, it's like, I I love Jesus with all my heart, so I'm talk about him. And that might be too much for somebody who doesn't follow Jesus right now. It's like, you're just too Christian. I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> you. And that's okay. I get, you know, why some people wouldn't. But then there are also people who have some ideas that could be very similar to pharisaical ideas that would say, I don't want to hang out with you either because you're starting to talk like a liberal. And that isn't the idea. I want to talk like Jesus. I don't want this episode to get too long, so I'm not going to go into a lot more detail there. But before we get into our resource, I want to give a couple of questions where these might be places where you could ask some questions like, do I have legalism hiding in my heart? So here's some examples of things that might be a sign that you want to just spend some time talking to God and asking him, is this in my heart? Is this something that I need to address? One is if you think everyone around you needs a wake-up call. If you think everybody is stupid and you just think everybody needs to be fixed, they're all broken. Nobody has it as together as I do. That's probably a wake-up call. Or if you're worried about messy people contaminating your church fellowship if it just like, I don't want those people coming in here because that's going to make this really hard to do ministry. Yeah, that's the point of the church. I've been in that thought process, though, before, where I am worried, like, oh, though if I'm thinking those people, I probably have a Pharisee heart. If you think the solution to most problems is more rules, that's a very good sign that some Pharisee-type attitudes are there. Sometimes the solution is more love. Sometimes the solution is more grace. It's not always more rules. If you can justify your own attitudes, even if they don't align with the principles of love and grace that Jesus demonstrated, but you have a justification for that, it could be an an indication that there's some Pharisee thoughts lurking in your mind. If you don't have much mercy for people who struggle and are weak, and you have a rebuke ready at all times, like, I'm just going to speak truth unto this person— Speaking truth also means having a moment to realize if this is the right moment to speak that truth. If you think it would be compromising if you didn't uphold the letter of the law when it comes to anything faith-related, if there's no room for you to say, well, right now applying this particular rule, this law might not be the most appropriate, if you think that's compromising, it could be. I'm just saying it could be. It's not that it is. If you value Bible knowledge, but application isn't as important to you, it could be. There are just some questions to ask and really to seek God and say, search my heart like it says in Psalm 139, see if there's anything offensive in me and reveal God how you want to change me. The challenge is that I often don't ask him because I don't want to change because change is painful. But I encourage you to join me on the journey from Pharisee to follower, to set aside the legalism and the rules of what we always have done and look at what Jesus did that was different from those Pharisees. I'm asking you to join me on that journey of loving people and showing grace. So I ask you to stay with me as I give you a resource if you're thinking, I need to pursue this more. I don't know where to go next. I need some help. So, I have two resources that I could share with you. One is called Pharisee Ectomy. It's like the word, you know, like appendectomy, like ectomy, and Pharisee p- mushed into one. I'll have a link in the show notes at slash 66. But this is written by Peter Haas. So, Pharisee Ectomy. He just talks about like really getting that Pharisee heart out and making a change. And then the other one that I want to share with you, and I'm not going to give you a long description on either of these, but just going to have a link in the show notes at michellerayburncom slash 66, where you could go check out the books on Amazon if you want to get one, because maybe a little more reading would help. Uh, the second resource that I want to share is Larry by Larry Osborne. It's called Accidental Pharisees. And I just want to read you a, a short quote from that one. He says the bottom line is that as long as my only image of a Pharisee is that of a spiritual loser and a perennial enemy of Jesus, I'll never recognize the clear and present danger in my own life. I'll never realize that it's often a very short and subtle journey from being zealous for God and being unintentionally opposed to God. I love that because it is it is subtle. It is about us asking God, is this in me? And if it is, help me to figure out how to get rid of this, this mindset. So that's my story. I wanted to share it because like I said, it's coming out on a couple of different guest podcasts where I talk about it a little bit. It's my journey. It's my life repurposed. There are a lot of things God has repurposed in my life, but that's like the biggest one for me. For people who have grown up in the church, you know that, your story still has to include some kind of transformation because it's all about Jesus. If your story is just that you grew up in the church and because of that you participated in Bible studies or you participated in clubs or different things that are happening, but there's never been a moment where God pointed out something and said, this needs to change in your life, I encourage you to ask him today, what do you want to change in my life? The transformation should be apparent to people where they can see the before and the after are different. I really wish I could go back to college and undo some of it. I wish that I could have better conversations with people in their dorm rooms instead of being the girl who knocked on their door with a little brochure and I went through a booklet with them. I really wish I had built the relationships. I can't undo that. So all I can do is move forward and say that I'm going to pursue following Jesus with love and grace and truth all together, and just continue that journey of asking him to make sure that I don't fall back into the Pharisee trap. Thanks for being with me today, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at MichelleRayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.